Hello and welcome to Handsbank and Insights. Today we're joined by Graham Bishop, Chief Investment Officer at Handsbank and Wealth and Asset Management, and James Poole, Chief Economist at Handelsbank in the UK. Hi Graham and James, great to have you both here. Hi there. Hi Mariana. In this episode, we will be talking to Graham and James about the current outlook for investment, how that has been impacted by COVID-19, as well as looking forward to the future of the UK economy and investment. Graham, just starting with you, looking back over what has been quite a turbulent year, what have the last 12 months or so been like for Handelsbank and Wealth and Asset Management? Well, it's obviously been a, a very turbulent year, as you say. In many ways, what happened um, just over 12 months ago was akin to a natural disaster, which obviously affected our, our personal lives, uh, also our working practices, um, and as well as how we kind of run money in a professional uh, fund management perspective. Um, and the financial advice that we give to our clients. So I suppose to, to answer your question, in terms of client servicing, um, we've tried to make ourselves more available and um, you know, open up the channels of communication more, um, whether that's via calls or, or um, one-on-one discussions or via the written word or, or emails or whatever it might be. So I think um, we've, we've done our best on that front and, and I think we've uh, we've made some progress um, in terms of portfolio management. Um, as you will know, we are global multi-asset fund managers. So the the it's very much we are very much big picture, top-down thinkers, um, and the the heart of what we do is is all um, analysis and discussion, and it's all and we use the experience of our our team members to make um, considered judgments. So. You know, the other part of your, your well, to answer your question, I suppose, is that in April last year, we, we looked at the turmoil. We, we thought to ourselves, based on lots of discussion and analysis, should be taking advantage of this volatility. So we ended up buying some equities and putting some money to work into um, financial markets. Um, we also thought carefully about the themes and how to play that. So we, we added to U.S. equities. We added to tech positions, healthcare, insurance, these kind of things. We also um, considered whether our diversifiers were still appropriate. And um, in some cases, those diversifiers did really well. And actually, that helped smooth returns across portfolios. And we were able to deploy some of those returns into other markets that were more um, kind of bombed out. So all in all, it was a very busy 12 months. Um, But yes, critical was trying to keep a level head. Um, make considered judgments, but also making sure clients were fully understanding of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Okay, thank you, Graham. And James, looking forward as the economy opens up again and restrictions ease, what lies ahead for the UK market? Well, thanks, Mariana. Um, we're going to be having, obviously, a, a very, very active last year, as, as Graham is pointing out, and um, we're going to be having a pretty active this year as well, 2021, but also, I think, stretching to 2022. Um, really, the question is going to be, how quickly can we, we rebound? And I think the news here is pretty good. Um, we had obviously one of the, the severest downturns amongst all industrialized countries last year, uh, just a shade short of 10% down. And that was really three things that, that pushed it down a lot. One was consumer expenditure clearly fell off a cliff. Uh, if you keep everybody locked up in their homes, they can't obviously go out and spend money in the same way, although they've been changing. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, we've had businesses... Um, across the UK, deciding not to invest, in part because, of course, it was difficult, in part because there was questions around things like Brexit. 
And then we had actually a bit of an accounting issue as well in terms of uh, the way that government expenditures counted in the UK is, is, is it counts towards GDP when the actual uh, operation or the child is educated or the operation takes place. And given that those weren't happening, um, it didn't count. So even though the government's spending a lot of money, it didn't count towards the GDP. Now, all those things are reversing this year. And, and in a big way, we've seen some, some really strong uh, figures coming through for uh, retail sales. We've seen some really good n- numbers coming through for um, as the government's opening back up because we've had a, a pretty successful vaccine program. And so we're expecting this year to be um, really very, very good indeed. So we're, we're turning our minds now to the next stage of that. And the next stage of that is is not just recovery, but do we see any, what the Bank of England calls longer term scarring? Are we going to get straight back to the trend level of pre-2019? Or are we going to fall a little way short of that? That's still a bit of an open question. Uh, but I think uh, the good news is we're going to be coming pretty close to it under almost any circumstance. Um, and looking forward from, from here, I think there's a, a number of, of other things we, we need to look at, and that's how has our economy changed as a result of COVID? And I think there's just looking at two of the major, major parts of that, uh, the way that we work. We know that, for instance, before the pandemic, about 14% of people were remote workers, i.e. not in an office or their, their normal place of work. That went up to 42%, and we think it's going to fall back down. Um, there's a lot of discussion about people wanting to work from home five days a week, I think a more realistic uh, uh, assessment is going to be that people work from home a bit more than they did before. Um, but there's also a lot of value in the collaboration, the cooperation that people get. Uh, many companies have an ethos, which they, they value uh, immensely. And that's pretty difficult to uh, inculcate at home. It's pretty difficult to, to train juniors in the way that people would like to be trained um, if everybody's working from home. So I expect something like about 25% of people to be um, remote workers in the future. There's also a big change, of course, the way we shop. And uh, we've seen, as I said a moment ago, that the retail sales figures have come back very, very strongly uh, in the last um, month. And we expect uh, that to continue because next month it's going to be all about um, uh, opening up of uh, the full opening up of uh, restaurants and, and, and entertainment and sporting events, etc. At least we keep, keep our fingers crossed that's what's going to happen. The result of that is going to be um, some more consumer spending, and particularly as, of course, it's going to be difficult to travel overseas in the, in the numbers we normally do. So I think a lot of that spending is going to be confined to the UK for this summer. So we're looking for, as I say, pretty good figures coming through. Um, and, and in fact, we're going to be getting back towards where we were at the end of 2019, towards the end of this year. Whether we get back fully or whether there's a little bit of, of a, a gap between um, the, the new normal and what preceded it, that's still an open question. But I think the, the, um, the, the news is very good for the next few months. Okay, thank you. And Graham, what do you think all of this will mean in terms of investing over the coming months? And are there factors people should be taking into account when investing? Um, yeah, no, fine questions. So let's just remind ourselves the, the opening up scenario, which James has talked about there, you know, that was predicated really on what started out as a search for a vaccine. And that turned into how quickly can we get the vaccine rolled out? And obviously now we're thinking about how close we are to herd immunity. And that's all adding up to a lot more mobility around the world and as well as in the UK, as you just heard. So from a, from a global economic perspective, that's positive, although probably uneven. Different economies will be opening up at different um, paces and, and times. And it will likely, as you just heard, um, help those sectors that have been um, suffering the most and have been in lockdown the most, um, in the most severe way like various uh, service sector industries. Um, I dare say it will uh, certainly boost corporate earnings. So that will be um, 
very positive for um, stocks and shares. You're already seeing that come through now as the earnings um, reports are um, coming through. You, it's a, a very strong upturn in profitability across the board, across all sectors, manufacturing and services. So in terms of the factors that we consider when evaluating investments, you know, economic growth um, and particularly where economic growth uh, is relative to expectations, that's a critical kind of consideration to think about. So it's not just about whether growth is strong, is what are people expecting it to be? And that also backs into the whole concept of where are we in the economic cycle? Are we very early cycle, mid cycle, late cycle? You might think that we've entered 2020 um, very much late cycle. But in actual fact, I think we've had a big resetting of the clock. So with the stimulus and the fact that is the, the, the shock to the economy was so great, that actually it rather looks like we are in an early cycle environment right now. And one of the reasons for that is um, the vast amount of stimulus that's being thrown against the wall. So not just fiscal, but also um, monetary as well. So these are all considerations that we um, think about. The other more market sensitive considerations uh, concern the whether sentiment about investors is um, optimistic or pessimistic. And what are the what's the starting point in terms of valuation? How much is baked into the price um, uh, price action at this moment in time? When we put it all together, we are somewhat cautiously optimistic at the moment. And as you might expect, we have a, a careful watching brief um, because we are active asset allocators. So um, the other things to think about, of course, when we evaluate um, our investments, it's not just the, the top down considerations like we've just discussed. We also need to think about implementation. So if we have an idea or we make a decision, how are we going to implement that? What precisely, what security are we going to buy or what we're going to sell? Because that can have an equal play an equally important role in the um, the the end performance and portfolios. Okay, thank you. Um, James, um, Graham mentioned a few factors there uh, to take into account when investing. Uh, what are your thoughts on these and uh, and what they could, could lead to for the economy? Well, yeah, I, th I think that there are a number of things. You know, how, do, how does one translate uh, broader economic growth into actual corporate earnings? And there's a number of things coming through there. One of the key ones, of course, is going to be interest rates. Uh, at the moment, we're looking for interest rates to remain pretty low, and I think that's going to be very, very conducive to um, uh, continuing economic expansion. Uh, and I think there's also been a shift in thinking, certainly here in the UK, and I suspect in, in other developed world uh, economies as well. Uh, many of these economies have undertaken quantitative easing, where the central bank buys a lot of, of debt and, and pushes that money into the banks. Uh, and I think there's now a realization that the sensible way forward is for that to be started to be reversed before we see... Um, widespread uh, rises to interest rates. And I think, I think that's the appropriate way to go about it as well. So I think that uh, a pretty accommodative monetary stance, um, reversal of the QE um, would be the first stage. And we've seen already some debate going on within the Bank of England about the best way forward for that. So I think that's, that's one that's, that's going to be going very, very well um, uh, and helping a lot of corporates in their expansion. And I think that the other thing is, is going to be um, finding out how and those consumer habits have changed and how you meet new consumer demands. Thank you, James. Graham, if someone is new to investing, where should they start? Well, that's a, a very good question. Um, I think the, the starting point should be to seek uh, professional advice. 
And in evaluating who to speak to, I guess you want to think about whether that person or, or firm has the requisite training, qualifications, experience, and what the, what the general reputation is. And in that discovery process with that firm or person, I guess you would, would need to disclose and discuss personal circumstances and what are your long-term objectives and then collectively figure out some kind of plan. Um, and quite importantly, ensure that your expectations are, are realistic. There's nothing worse than having um, expectations that are very unrealistic and there's disappointment down the road. I guess a key consideration as well is the uh, ability and, and also willingness to endure volatility or drawdowns. And that was certainly um, very relevant last year. So times aren't always good and drawdowns and volatility are inevitable. So you know, what's the, what's your, what is one's appetite um, to withstand that? But when constructing the you know, portfolios, as we do um, on, a, on a daily basis, we're thinking about diversification. We're thinking about balance. It's important to cut and slice portfolios in various different ways to ensure that they are not lopsided. Got obviously talk about the, the macroeconomic environment, the market backdrop, um, not just where things have been and where they are, but also what is the outlook, where, where might they go to. And I guess my final point I would make is, you know, when confronted with the inevitable volatility that will um, face all investors at some point, uh, just try and take advantage of that and avoid panicking and try not and get caught up in the over exuberance that may or may not uh, ensue from time to time as well. So that would be my advice to anyone seeking uh, to start investing. Can I just add in, um, my, my father-in-law, who does a lot of uh, writing on about trees, said, is often asked, when is the best time to plant a tree? And his response is, the best time to plant a tree was, was undoubtedly 10 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is right now. Uh, and so um, if, if it was uh, the best time to start saving for a pension longer term, it's probably 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. That's very wise. I'm writing that down. <laughs> okay. And finally, James, lots going on in the housing market. What can you tell us about house prices? Yeah, house prices have been, been um, really, really interesting over the last year. Um, when we first went into this recession, there was a lot of expectation from everybody, from the chancellor on down, the housing market was going to be facing a really difficult time. And I think that's one of the reasons he, he put in his um, stamp to do holiday to try and uh, preserve some buoyancy in that market. And, and boy, has that worked. Um, in fact, though, I think that the um, uh, many economists, and I have to say, put my own hand up here and say I, I was one of them, didn't see that because this recession was going to be so concentrated in just a couple of sectors, really the pain has been felt in restaurants and hotels and any sort of recreation and entertainment businesses. Um, because it's really been concentrated in those areas, and those areas were, are industries that employ a lot of people, but often not terribly well-paid people, and therefore not people who typically are homeowners. In fact, what we ended up with was a lot of people sitting around at home wondering um, if they needed to ex either extend their home or, in fact, move home altogether. Now, we know that when people in the UK, they love spending money on their homes, and in fact, that's been the case because what we've seen over the last year is house prices going up really across the board. Um, there has been a, a thought that a lot of this has been directed to people moving out of big cities into into the suburbs or maybe even further afield if they don't think they've got to uh, go into the office quite as much anymore. We can't really find that in the data. Uh, there's certainly been a decline in central London flats. But other than that, um, I mean, for instance, detached homes are up by 9.1%. 
uh, whereas terrace homes are up by 9%. So really not very much between the, those two uh, figures. Um, so we've seen a really, really buoyant housing market full stop. And so long as interest rates remain very low, and a moment ago I was just saying we are expecting that, um, I think that this all looks pretty affordable into the medium and longer term. Okay, thank you, James. And and thank you very much, Graham, too, for, 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 for joining us today. Um, some really interesting insights. Um, and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank, thank you very you much. much.